I just, uh, I do love, uh, I do love Pastor uh, Paul Spieler here. He's just, um, uh, what, what can I say? When you come, when you come to High Street, it's not just a program. It's not just a whatever. You, you're, you're, you sense the family. You sense the relationship. You sense the love, the Father's uh, love, and um, and so that's. I just love. I love this church because I love the relationship we have. Isn't that how it should be? Should be all about relationship. And so let's play that video. It'll give me a chance to just show you a little bit so that you can see what I'm saying. Uh, Kim and I, my wife isn't with me. She's down right now with uh, our daughter in Georgia. She has to have a, a, a small operation tomorrow. Uh, but uh, we go around to countries where they don't know that kids can be born again, where they believe a person has to be at least 15 years old or 16 years old to understand the gospel. And we change that mindset. We shift the paradigm. You see the picture there was uh, people getting baptized. They're all like 50, uh, 16, 18, 20, 21. But kids, we believe, can know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Amen? A child can understand the gospel. Children are hungry for God, and you can break it down into concrete terms where they can know that they're a sinner and that Jesus Christ has saved them. And they respond to that. Amen? We do stuff like this is one of the kids' camps we had. And listen to this little girl's testimony here. Um, it's touch children. And when you know that there's kids on the other side of the world in places like Africa that are saying, I never knew how good it could feel. Because it, like I said, much of what we take for granted here, you go overseas to different places and they'll tell you, no, a child just doesn't have the mental development to be able to understand it. So you have to show them, amen? You have to demonstrate it. You have to see kids get filled with the Holy Spirit so that they can see that this is something that God can do. Amen? You have to extend the vision. Amen? Thank you, God. And so that's what we did. I mean, we were over in Namibia we, we, and, and Angola. This is Book of Hope. We've distributed over a million of the Gospels in Angola, which was a communist country, praise the Lord. Uh, and we, so we, we have moved from Africa over to Fiji. 
from a place where there's school boats instead of school buses, amen, where we only had like two inches of rain a year on the side of the Namib Desert to now where it rains like almost every week. Praise the Lord. But once again, this is, uh, this is Vidi Levu, the island we live on. Kids are just seeking God. It is pouring rain. I didn't know if you could see that. It was pouring rain. But we're outside just going after God, and those kids were going after the Lord in the pouring rain standing out there. So they are hungry for God. And we don't want to just teach them like Bible verses or whatever. We want to bring them into an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Where they know the grace of Jesus, and then they can be empowered to minister to others. And so last year around this time, this is where we were on Vanua level uh, after the Cyclone Yasa, Cyclone Harold hit, kind of interrupted our, our, our children's ministries program to where we were going out and giving out uh, uh, bags of food. We, we gave out uh, uh, like $50,000, praise the Lord, uh, of food. So thank you guys uh, as you're supporting us, as you're giving to missions. This is what we're doing, uh, helping people in their time of need. You saw those Hindus there. Uh, a lot of the times, th things like this builds bridges. Right now, you're seeing that video right there. Then COVID shut us down. We couldn't go. Nobody could come to church. So what's happening there? Church going to the people. Amen? When, 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 when they shut down the churches, then we just decide, hey, let's go to the people. So we started doing that. Going out, visiting people's houses, visiting them in their houses, praying with them, sharing with them, and they were hungry for God. When we were visiting people in their houses, people from the village would hear, hey, there's a pastor, there's somebody from the church come to share. And so we'd have all these people from the village coming because people are still hungry for God. And so um, I just, once again, for, I want to say thank you because all throughout this video, what I'm saying, we did this and we did that. I'm not just talking about me and my monkey, okay, or, or me and my wife. I'm talking about we. We. Are you guys hearing this? Uh, I was in the Navy for six years. We hit Grenada. We went to Lebanon. By the time I got done with my, my deployment, I had uh, Navy Expeditionary Medal, Armed Forces Expeditionary Medal. You know, I never stepped foot on the island of Grenada, but I had that Armed Forces Expeditionary Medal because I was in the engine room. I was one of the sailors that helped transport the 1,000 Marines on board our ship to do what they needed to do. So guys, when you stand before the Lord, you might not be on the island of Vidi Levu, but if you're involved in the process, if you're being faithful to do what you can, amen? Uh, there's a Bible story about a, name, a lady named Mary who took an alabaster box, you know, anointed Jesus, and they're getting on her case saying, hey, that could have been done this. Jesus said, leave her alone. She did what she could. So if you're doing what you can with what you got, it is an offering. It's acceptable and beautiful to the Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I, can't, I can't get that through enough, guys. It's, I, when we stand before God, it's not going to be this guy's a missionary, this guy's a pastor, this person's a, you know. Uh, no, it's going to be, were you faithful? Were you faithful? Moses had a rod in his hand. 
God says that to you. What do you have in your hand? Were you faithful with what God has given you? Amen. To, to love the world and to love God. Amen. To, to honor the Lord. That, that, that's all he's asking. And so I just, I stand up here and I can't emphasize that enough. This is what we did. Hallelujah. Turn to the person next to you. This is what we did. Hallelujah. <laughs> this is what we did. You're touching people over there in Fiji. When you go out there, you'll see a, 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 a desk or a table out there with some of our prayer cards on there. Um, get a prayer card. Be part of this. Pray, pray for us. Amen. Uh, when pastor takes up the missions offering, make sure you're a part of that. Amen. Be part of it. Thank you, Lord. Today, um, uh, you're, you're probably not going to hear uh, 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 what's, what's called a traditional uh, missions message. I just, you know what? I, every church I go to, I know there's different people, and I say, Holy Spirit, wh what do you want to give today? There's people here, and if all I do is shout out statistics and stuff like that, there's people here who have come because they need a touch from God. You know what I'm saying? There's people who come, they need a word from God, and I can't just be doing some commercial for why we need to give money to people going to, to missions. I believe that every place we go, not just me and Kim, but we, every place you go and I go, that there are people that need a word from God. And if we're, our antennas are up, amen, God wants you to deliver that. Thank you, God. He wants you to give that. And so let me just uh, um, go off a script a little bit. Um, I want to talk to the, 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 the sound and visual, audio visual team up there. Listen, when we, when we start uh, uh, going to uh, uh, have altar time or end here, that song, uh, Give Myself Away, let's kind of put that to the side. And that song that we did earlier, I Surrender, I Surrender, let's, uh, let's cue, cue that up towards the end because I feel the specific word that the Holy Spirit uh, has for this church is, God is wanting spiritual fathers and spiritual mothers. I'm, I'm just feeling like the Holy Spirit is saying that in, in going and making disciples doesn't mean putting people into a church program or putting them into a class. That to make disciples, you need spiritual fathers and spiritual mothers can, that can help grow those people to whom God has called them to be, amen? And if the Sunday school teacher is a, a spiritual father or a spiritual mother to, to some of those people, well, that's great. But a program or a class is not just discipleship. Discipleship is like fathering or mothering a person spiritually in the Lord. And, and to, to, to grab a hold of that, we might actually have to redefine our whole definition of discipleship or making disciples. What, what, what do you think making icicles, you know, or whatever the monkey said, you know, uh, some people have no, what is it? I mean, it's this big thing that Jesus tells us we're supposed to do. Are we doing it? 
I mean, first of all, you have to know what it is to make a disciple. What is a disciple? To be able to make one. Otherwise, you're going to be making things with two wheels on them. You hear what I'm saying? God, have mercy on that monkey. Amen. Hallelujah. So, what I'm talking about making disciples is actually coming from Matthew chapter 28. Uh, Matthew chapter 28, verse uh, 19, where Jesus is saying, uh, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. Normally, I'm a King James guy, but in this case, the Bible says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. It's using a Greek word, Matthew, I'm sorry, I don't speak Greek, but Matthew, um, teaching them to obey whatsoever things I've commanded you. That's didactico, it's another uh, Greek word, but in this, uh, in this Bible verse, the best translation for Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, if you look it into the Greek, is go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's what God has called us to do. Go and make disciples. And so what, what is a disciple? Let's, let's take just for, for an easy definition, a disciple is somebody who wants to be with Jesus. Okay, is that easy enough? So we need to go and make people who want to be with Jesus. Go and make disciples. It's not everything that you know, you know. It's not what, a disciple is someone who wants to be with Jesus. And, um, I think I, can, I think I can back that up with Matthew chapter 5. Another, another Bible story that, that a lot of people actually get wrong and have a misconception of what's going on. Um, have you ever heard of the Sermon on the Mount? We've all heard of the Sermon on the Mount, okay? And so a lot of us think when we're thinking of the Sermon on the Mount... We're thinking of Jesus standing on the side of a, of a hill or a mountain, and all these people are around Jesus, and he's teaching them, right? Uh, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are, are I'm sorry, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are the merciful. Hallelujah. So we're thinking in our minds, Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is walking around. Everybody who's seen the Jesus movie or one of the Jesus movies gets that. But you know what? That's wrong. We have this. Uh, uh, if your Bible says the same thing as mine, Jesus wasn't even standing up when he did the Sermon on the Mount. He was sitting down. And there, he wasn't speaking to the multitudes. He was just speaking to a few of his disciples. Man, now, Pastor, are you like pulling my leg here? I know I watched at least th three different versions of the Jesus movie, and come on, each time he... Well, you know, like I said, uh, let's go to um, Matthew chapter 5. All right? See what the Bible says. We read this stuff, and a lot of times we don't think about it. But, you know, when you, when you meditate on God's Word, 
all of a sudden you start to see things that you never saw when you were just reading it. And seeing the multitude, Matthew chapter 5, verse 1, he went up on a mountain, and when he was seated, his disciples came to him, and then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And so, look at our story here. Jesus sees the multitude, and what's he do? He goes up the mountain. And when he goes up to the mountain and sits down, who comes to him? His disciples. Brothers and sisters, the multitude stayed at the bottom of the mountain. The multitude this morning is at home in their beds. The multitude this morning is at home watching television. They're sitting around. But the people who want to be with Jesus got up this morning, even though there was a time change, even though it was only 20 degrees, and they went outside in the cold, got up, and they made their way to church. Hallelujah! There's a difference between being the multitude and being a disciple. A disciple is somebody who wants to be with Jesus. And if Jesus is going up that mountain, I'm going up that mountain. Amen? Amen. A disciple is somebody who's like, you know what, even though at lunchtime everybody's just eating their lunch and hanging out, you know what, I'm going to take maybe five minutes, scarf something down, then I'm going to put my music on, I'm going to go outside for a walk, I'm going to listen to worship music, I'm just going to spend some time you know, just worshiping the Lord. Why? Because I just want to be with Jesus. Amen? I just want to experience the presence, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. You know what? I'm going to get up a little bit earlier so before I go to work or whatever, I can just spend some time with God, start my day off on the right foot. Amen? Just wanting to be with Jesus. Amen? Are you guys hearing me? I'm 57 years old, and I'm still doing children's ministry. I'm going to Fiji. You know what? Have you ever been on one of them little fiberglass boats in in an ocean? You know, when you're like 20 years old, it's like six flags. Hey, this is fun. You know, when you're 57 years old, it's like, oh, 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 my kidneys. Oh, okay. You know what? Why do we do what we do? Man, it's not for me, it's not about just children. It's not about going to exotic places. I just want to be where Jesus is. Amen? I just, I love the presence of the Holy Spirit. And and if this is the direction the Holy Spirit's going, that's what I want to do. When we were in Angola, um, uh, the the missionary that that was going to be there to to, to disciple or mentor me in missions— he, he passed away. He got colon cancer, and so he never even made it back. I had to go to Angola without any uh, missionary there to receive. It was the Angolans that took us in and, and, and took care of us during the Civil War and helped us survive. But when I was over in Angola, uh, one of the things that happened was he was pastoring the international church that started at the, at the, uh, at the uh, United Nations. And uh, so they asked me to come in and help out. And I started uh, preaching there, and, and it was great. I, 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 
I was having like lunch with uh, the ambassador for uh, uh, Namibia, General Namola. I was having lunch with the ambassador for, with Botswana, South Africa. I was, uh, the comptroller of the UN invited me to lunch at the Vietnamese restaurant. And when we sat down, he's like, you know, I'm just having the hardest time with my family. I'm going through some major uh, difficulties and it, can, can you help me? Can you help me out? And I started sharing Christ with him and how Jesus could be the answer and how, how the Lord could help him. And right there in a Vietnamese restaurant, the comptroller, he just received Jesus as a savior. And I was like, well, this is great. And so I was thinking, here I came to Africa to do children's ministries, but you know what? God, you're wanting to use me on an international scale. Praise the Lord. I'm going to be the pastor of this international church. And then I'll always remember it. The next Sunday, we were at this Angolan church. Uh, um, I forget if it was like a, in the afternoon service or whatever. I just know that I had preached there. And in the afternoon, in the Angolan church, they have a way of dismissing people. The pastor and the guest speaker go out first. And then they stand next to the door and they shake the hands. And then the next person that comes through shakes the pastor's hand, the guest, and then they stand in line, okay? And then you see everybody you know, that goes through shakes hands, and then they, they form part of the line. And so by the time, you know, you, you're getting all the way, you've got like uh, maybe 70, 80 people standing there in a line and shaking. And so I was there uh, shaking people's hands, and this little Angolan kid comes up. He was about 11 years old. I still remember to this day. This little kid comes up, and he's got a runny nose. And he takes his hand, and he goes like that. And then he puts his hand out for me to shake it. I'm like, oh, Lord, ah. You know, I'm like, hey, God bless you, you know. And then the next day, and so then, like, the next week, all of a sudden, I'm like, <laughs> I had this call that I knew who gave it to me. And, um, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And because uh, we had been having this conversation about me becoming the pastor of this international church, they asked me to be their pastor. And God said, that little snot-nosed kid is just as important to me as that ambassador. You abide in the ministry and the place that I've called you to. And I learned, you know what? It's just being faithful where you're at, you know, what God has called you to do. And so it's just wanting to be where Jesus is, amen? A disciple is somebody that wants to be with the Lord. And there's something interesting. When you are a disciple... Okay, who heard the words? Jesus was sitting down. That wonderful sermon, blessed are the poor in spirit. Maybe the disciples transmitted that to the multitudes later on. But out of the mouth of God, who were the ones that heard the words? It was the ones that climbed the mountain. If you want to hear the Lord speaking, you've got to be willing to go after Jesus. Amen? And so I, I just, uh, um, I, I say that it's so true. There's so many times. Uh, guys, there's some pictures there, Zambujal, 
okay? A case in point of, of this happening, when we were in Portugal learning how to speak Portuguese, uh, we had been there for about four or five months, and there's, this is a small uh, a settlement in, in outside of Lisbon called Zambujal. It's where a lot of the African uh, uh, Portuguese-speaking people, when they came to uh, uh, Portugal as refugees, where they settled. And so while I was learning to speak Portuguese, I wanted to kind of get a taste of the African uh, Lucifone uh, culture. And so I joined a team from the Bible school that was going out to these settlements to do ministry. And I started trying to minister in my broken Portuguese. Boop. That's our signal. Thanks. Uh, So... um, I was out there with these kids, and at one point in time, I, I was telling the, the story and then was going into an altar call, and I asked the kids, how many of you would like to be part of God's family? And the kids were like, yeah. I said, how many of you would like to know that your sins are forgiven so that you can go to heaven. Yeah, how many of you, you want to be born again and have Jesus come in your heart? Yeah, and then I said, well, then let's pray, amen. Boop. And so I started, uh, I started praying with them, dear Lord, and they were like, querido Jesus. And I was like, please forgive my sins. And they were like, they were crying. They were like really crying. And I thought, wow, this is like a real move of the Lord. And I didn't have the lesson yet that taught you that if a word ends with an S and the next word begins with a vowel, that the S changes to the Z sound. Okay? So instead of saying, vamos orar, I said, vamos, vamos orar, okay? Now, if you were speaking Portuguese here, you would know that, like Spanish, it's llorar, but to cry in Portuguese is chorar. And so I said, how many of you, you want to be part of God's family, have your sins forgiven, be born again, let's cry. And so these little kids are like, get it, there it is. And I'm thinking, wow, I've heard about this, you know? Boop. And so these kids, these kids were, uh, these kids were, and my Portuguese helpers, they, uh, they were over there laughing. And I turned to them and I said, hey, a little respect. Can't you see what God's doing? And they said, missionary, that's not God. <laughs> you told them if they want Jesus, they have to cry. I said, what? They said, and I said, they said, shorar. You said, vamos, vamos shorar. It's vamos orar. I said, oh, you, you, you finish it up. You know, <laughs> I don't want to mess with the eternal destiny of any soul. And so, uh, um, then they finished the prayer out, and, and I felt so bad afterwards. I did. I was like, you know what? Until I learn this language, all I'm going to do is I'm going to, like, help play the games, lead the games, 
and uh, boop, there we go. Help lead the games and help give out hugs, okay? So there, there I am with one of the games and, and I'm playing the games. And then afterwards, the kids are coming up and I'm giving them hugs, you know, and they're all, you know, you know, they want, I don't know, they're just, they're hungry, they just, that's, they're wanting that. So I'm giving out hugs and stuff. And on the way back to the Bible school, I just really started berating myself. You know how sometimes when you don't think uh, you're doing so well, you've been in the language for months and months and you're not where you want to be? Um, and I was like, man, I just can't learn this language. I'm playing games and hugs. That's all I'm good for. And, and I was just... And then I distinctly felt the Holy Spirit. I just felt like the Lord say, thank you. And uh, I mean, it just, it was so out of the spirit of where I was. You know what I'm saying? It was, I was totally, it, it came like a total shock. Thank you. And I was like, what was that? And I felt like the Lord was saying, I really enjoyed that. And you ever, you, you, I, I, I heard the Lord speak to me. I just, I, I knew it was the Lord and I was trying to make sense and then in my mind, I could see this picture of this kid in his bed, and it was like Jesus was standing over his bed, and the kid was like a, a Cinderella type of situation and was saying, God, why don't you love me? He's like, why can't I have parents like so-and-so? Why is it that my cousins, they get to go to school and play games? And why is it? And I don't know all this stuff. All I know was that there was a sense of, God, why don't you love me? And I could see the Lord saying, oh, that I could wrap my arms around you. And I love you so much that I could show you. And in that moment, I had a sense that I had given Jesus, who lived inside of me, an opportunity to do something that he had been wanting to do for so long. Amen? Yeah. Amen? Guys, you, you have to realize, when you invite Jesus into your heart to be your Savior, it's not just a theological thing. God comes to live inside of you. And the door swings both ways. Jesus is the door. He is the door for us to the Father. But it's also the door that God uses, hallelujah, to, to reveal, hallelujah, his kingdom and for him to experience things through us. Are you getting a hold of that? that that's a something. That's something. And so... We have to realize, on the negative side, we have to realize when we sit in front of that TV, when we sit in front of that computer, some of those things that we're watching and seeing, the Lord is, he doesn't leave us. He promised, I will never leave you or forsake you. Some of those things tortures the Holy Spirit, it, it bothers him because he doesn't leave us. He's inside of us. He's watching. He's loving through us. And so, hallelujah, he's very patient. But we have to realize that we are his hands. We are his feet, amen? And he so desires 
to love, touch, heal, and speak and release things through us. Amen. And I'm just saying this, I'm just saying this, that when you make the effort to climb the mountain, to do whatever it takes so that you can be at the feet of Jesus, the Lord will speak to you. And in that moment, because I had been seeking the Lord, I heard the Lord speak to me. Hallelujah. Uh, another moment, um, if you'll indulge me, just one more story, if that's okay, uh, of God speaking to me was in uh, Chumeb. This was in Namibia. We were in Namibia, and it was during a drought. It hadn't rained for over a year. Um, let's pull up a picture of that Chumeb. Yeah, this is a, be, before we do any outreaches, we, we decided that the best thing to do would be prayer walks. Because what happens is when we do these prayer walks, before we do the outreaches, it brings in an element of the supernatural. We see miracles. Things happen. God gives us the keys to unlock the hearts. And this place in Chumeb, you can see, this is what it looks like when it hasn't rained in over a year. It was a, it was a drought. The pastors, I remember, were having to sell their goats and sell their cattle because they ran out of the money to buy the food to feed them just because there was no grazing. And so we were there, and I was with a team from Pennsylvania, and we were going around to different schools doing outreaches. Boop. There we go. And so we had, we had been doing outreaches in um, uh, uh, different places, and this was on Dundu. Boop. Yeah. As you can see, once again, no grass, no water. It's very impoverished. One more time, boop. All right, kids there, poor. Okay, again, doop. There we go. Yeah, this is, these are stories. This is pictures we took. As we're, saying, we're just praying, and as we're praying, taking some pictures of things we're passing by, boop. There we go, all right. And this is the school itself in Ondundu, where, where I brought the team. We were doing a, a school assemblies, and in most of the schools that we had, in fact, all of the schools that we had brought the team to, the kids loved them. They were doing dramas with music, powerful presentations. But at this school, when we were doing our, our, our drama, uh, here we go, boop, there we go. We had about maybe 200 kids or so in, in this room gathered to do the drama. And the team was doing stuff, but the kids were not engaging. The kids just were bored it was the first school I was in where I brought an American team and they were doing some really great stuff and these kids couldn't care less. Boop. All right, yeah. And so as I was sitting there, Pastor Namola came over to me and he goes, he said, missionary, don't feel bad. It's not you. It's not your team. It's these kids. And I said, what do you mean? He says, you have to realize this is the school where all like the poorest kids from the settlement go to. And this is the school where if the children get in trouble in the other schools, they send them here. And I said, yeah. And he says, yeah, so, you know, nobody from this school goes on to university. He said, the, the, their test scores are so low that none of them go on to university. And so they just look at, this is a waste of their time. 
And so it's not your group. Your group's doing a great job. It's just this is what the situation is. And I sat there, and I just felt so bad for those kids. I said, what a horrible hand in life. You know, they've been dealt, that they don't even have a chance, and da-da-da-da-da. And I just felt really bad. I was, I just, the love of God. You know what I'm saying? You love, you care, you care. And as I, I sat there, and I was like, God, Lord, all of a sudden, God spoke to me. The Holy Spirit said, it's going to rain next Thursday. Now, there's a verse in the Bible that says, uh, um, the, uh, uh, um, the secret of the Lord is with those who fear him. You know, that's the inner counsel of two close friends. Uh, it's going to rain next Thursday. And um, what do you do with that? Wow, we're in the middle of drought. Hasn't rained in year, years, or whatever. So I went up and I took the microphone. Excuse me, is anybody here can tell me when the last time it rained? And anybody, anybody? And nobody put their hands up. A month, years? They, it had been so long they couldn't remember. And I said, is there anybody here who's not ashamed to say that they are a Christian, that they love Jesus with all their heart? And I had probably about a half a dozen kids lift their hands up. And so I picked one of the kids. You couldn't come up. About a 12-year-old girl came up. I said, hey, what's your name? Melissa. Melissa. Okay. Guys, let me ask you a question. Can your president, Hifike Punye Pohamba, can he make it rain? I said, no. I said, how about my president, President uh, uh, Barack Obama? Can he make it rain? And they said, no. I said, how about your uh, uh, prime minister, Hage Gengab, can he make it rain? No. I said, guys, I'm going to show you something that you've never seen before. I'm going to show you that if you're a child of God, it doesn't matter how poor you come from, it doesn't matter where you come from, if you're a child of God, you have more power than the president of a country. Now they're starting to listen to me. I said, so you don't remember when the last time it rained was, do you? I said, okay, Melissa and I, we're going to pray to our Father in heaven, and we're going to ask him to make it rain. I said, guess what? And you know what we're going to do? We're going to choose the day so that you'll know that it's not just a happenstance, but that it's a real miracle of God. How about Tuesday of next week? And the kids were like, what? I said, come on. I said, we're talking about doing a miracle, seeing a miracle here. Nobody can remember when it was last time it rained. It's not even rainy season now. And we're going to ask our Heavenly Father to choose a specific day next week and ask him to make it rain on that day. How about Wednesday? And the kids were still like, what's he talking about? And I said, guys, I'm talking about seeing a miracle that's never been done here in Namibia. During the middle of a drought, when it's not raining, we're going to choose a day next week, and we're going to ask our Heavenly Father to make it rain on that day so that you can know that if you're a child of God, that you have power with God, and that you can do things that even the president of a country can't do. How about Thursday? And the kids were like, yeah, okay, Thursday, Thursday. <laughs> ah, and I turned to Melissa. I said, okay, come on, Melissa. Me and you are going to pray to our Father in heaven. Ask him, make it rain on Thursday. And she looking at me like, <laughs> hallelujah. Guys, 
faith comes from? I would have never said that in front of those kids if I hadn't heard from the Holy Spirit. A lot of times we pray in hope. Try and quote scripture verse. But what we need to do is when when somebody needs a healing or something's going on, we need to be praying over that situation or person and just open up our spirit. You know, God, hallelujah, praying in tongues. And as we're praying, whatever comes to our mind, whatever God drops in our spirit, you need to forgive that person. There's this going on. Whatever the Lord drops in your spirit as you're praying for a situation, amen, boom, you go with that, amen? That's praying with faith, hearing from God, hearing from the Holy Spirit, amen, instead of just praying out of hope. There's a little nugget for you, praise the Lord. So, ready, Melissa? <laughs> okay. So, uh, so uh, and you know what? So I prayed like that with other people, and they're like, I don't have the faith. And I'm like, that's okay, just agree with me. We'll go with mine. Amen. I've got it. God spoke to me. Amen. So, um, so uh, I just, Father, in the name of Jesus, we agree, hallelujah, on your word, and we ask in the name of Jesus, that you would make it rain next week, not on Tuesday or Wednesday, but on Thursday, so all of these kids can know that Jesus Christ is alive and is Lord, and that as God's children, that we have power, Lord. I ask you that in Jesus' name. That's really how I prayed. And then the week went by. Like I said, it wasn't rainy season. And the Thursday of that next week, it rained in Chumeb, in Ondundu. We were, at the, we were at the airport bringing the team back. And we, when we were at the airport, all of a sudden we could hear, it was raining on the airport roof. And the guys from the team said, wow, praise God, it's raining. God's sending it on the way to Ondundu, and he's just letting us know it's on the way. Hallelujah. It rained in Ondundu. I called, Pastor, did it rain today? Yes, it rained today. Hallelujah. Guys, I'm telling you, when you climb the mountain, when you want to be with Jesus, amen. Hallelujah. You spend time with God. You speak to God. God will speak to you, amen. You'll learn to develop that ear, to know. You'll get a knowing. you get a feeling. Hallelujah. And then God will really change the situation. And today, as I was speaking, as I was praying about the sermon today and talking about going and making disciples, we, we're involved in children's ministries. We're making disciples. What, you might not see me put down a thing, hey, I did a crusade this week, 3,000 people got saved, okay? Because for us, it's, it's not all about numbers. For us, we're making disciples. We're going to a country, amen, and changing a whole paradigm. In 1800s, the Methodists went to Fiji. The Methodists preached Jesus Christ. A lot of people got saved. But somehow, over the time, there is something lost to where they're losing a generation. Their young people are backslid. Their young people are going away. Hallelujah. And so we are there to disciple them, to be with them, to show them, hey, guys, God can save children. God, kids can be born again. Just like here. Uh, we, w- one of the things, I'm going to just, once again, I'm going to share this with you guys. Um, 
You can get this from Barna's Raising Spiritual Champions or from another book called Why They Stay and Why They Stray. And there was a study done on why so many college students are leaving their faith, are leaving the Assemblies of God, are leaving the Baptist churches. They did a study and said, why are these Mormon kids, why are these Muslim kids staying in their faith, and yet all of these Christian kids are, are, are leaving the church? And the study, the, the, it was a statistical analysis, just with numbers. Numbers didn't lie, hallelujah. And they found that in families where the moms and the dads were praying with the children, were doing discipleship Bible study in the houses with their kids, in those households where the moms and the dads were taking the responsibility to disciple the children, to be responsible for their spiritual development, that three out of four of those kids stayed within the churches, stayed within their faith. Didn't matter if it was Christians, Mormons, or Muslims. If that Muslim guy was teaching the kid the Koran, making sure he did it, whatever, okay. But here was the frightening statistic that 70% of church kids that were, were, were leaving the church in households where the moms and dads were sending the kids to Sunday school, taking the kids to church, taking the kids to youth group, but they weren't discipling the children at home. They weren't praying with their kids at home. They weren't teaching the Bible study, making sure their children were going over the Bible verses. They were given that responsibility to the church. And three out of four of those kids were leaving the church. I know that statistic because this morning I'm in church. I have two brothers and a sister that haven't stepped foot in a church probably in 10 years. That's a frightening statistic. And it didn't matter whether the kids were sent to a Christian school or a public school. The statistics still remain the same. Guys, this is discipleship, amen? This is just sharing things, bringing people through things so that we don't lose our generation. These are the things that we're telling Fijians, and this is something that, that I'm telling you, moms and dads, amen, we need to disciple our children. We live in a culture where a lot of times people like to have babies, but they don't want to be there to invest in them, to see them grow up. Are you hearing me? There is a culture where there are so many children in the United States and in this world where the people make the babies, but then the father goes off and even in homes where the mom and dad don't divorce, they're letting the television raise the kids. They're letting the school raise the kids. We are in a culture where we are not fathering and our mothering, spending the time with the children, and what's happening? We're losing our kids. Guys, what's happening in the culture is also happening in the church. Amen? We need to get a kingdom culture. We need to come to the point where we say, I'm going to be a disciple. I'm going to climb the mountain. I'm going to do whatever it takes to be at the feet of Jesus because I want to hear God speaking to me. I want to be with Jesus. But not only are we having to make the decision that we are going to be disciples, 
But guys, we need to come to the decision where we're going to say, okay, I'm going to start discipling. And discipling means being a spiritual mom or a spiritual dad. In Africa, if somebody gets saved in a church service like this, what the pastor will do or what the people will do is say, okay, who's going to be the spiritual mom? If it's a woman, okay, who's going to be the spiritual mom? If it's a guy, okay, who's going to take the responsibility to, to, to dis- disciple this one? And before that day is over, somebody has chosen that that person is now your responsibility. That's what means making disciples where we are not just putting a person in a program. Are you willing, first of all, this morning to climb the mountain and to be a disciple, to be somebody that wants to be with Jesus? And the second thing I'm asking, and I feel like this is what the Holy Spirit laid upon my heart today, the second thing is, are you willing, instead of just being involved in a program or a church, are you willing to be a discipler, a spiritual mom or a spiritual father? Hallelujah. And there's some people here today that God may even be speaking to you to say, listen, you need to start discipling your child instead of leaving that to someone else or some whatever, amen? Let's close our eyes this morning. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I'm going to ask you to start playing that song again, start off kind of like low volume and then bring it up a little bit. Hallelujah.